Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here today on this August 3rd, 2021, coming to you uh, at about 9 a.m., plus or minus. Yesterday, it went a little bit late. I pre-recorded and I couldn't get it going uh, quite when I had hoped to, uh, because uh, each morning we also have Vacation Bible School this week, so uh, a little bit of a schedule conflict, but making it work. So I'm coming to you in live time, but pre-recorded, if that makes any sense. Well, it doesn't have to. Uh, just appreciate the hearing and catechization of God's Word, as the children are in chap- and, uh, VBS as well. All right, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We say our memory verse for this week. With the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. With the blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. And with the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. 2 Samuel 22, verses 26 through 27. And our psalm this week is continuation of Psalm 119. Now, uh, Kof and Resh. This is uh, verses 145 to 160. Say it with me. With my whole heart I cry, answer me, O Lord, I will keep your statutes. I call to you, save me, that I may observe your testimonies. I rise before dawn and cry for help, I hope in your words. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night, that I may meditate on your promise. Hear my voice according to your steadfast love, O Lord, according to your justice, give me life. They draw near who persecute me with evil purpose but they are far from your law. But you are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are true. Long have you, or have I known from your testimonies, that you have founded them forever. Look on my affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget your law. Plead my cause and redeem me, give me life according to your promise. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek your statutes. Great is your mercy, O Lord, give me life according to your just decrees. Many are my persecutors and my adversaries, but I do not swerve from your testimonies. I look at the faithless with disgust, because they do not keep your commandments. Consider how I love your precepts. Give me life according to your steadfast love. The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your just and righteous decrees endures forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, our first reading is continuation from the prophet Jeremiah, now chapter 2. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Go and cry in the hearing of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, I remember you, the kindness of your youth, the love of your betrothal, when you went after me in the wilderness, in a land not sown. Israel was holiness to the Lord, the firstfruits of his increase. 
All that devour him will offend, disaster will come upon them, says the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the families of the house of Israel, thus says the Lord. What injustice have your fathers found in me, that they have gone far from me, have followed idols, and have become idolaters? Neither did they say, Where is the Lord, who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, who led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and pits, through a land of drought and the shadow of death, through a land that no one crossed and where no one dwelt? I brought you into a bountiful country to eat its fruit and its goodness. But when you entered, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. The priests did not say, Where is the Lord? And those who handled the law did not know me. The rulers also transgressed against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal and walked over things that do not profit. One of the things about uh, reading the prophets, uh, one of the reasons I think we avoid reading the prophets, maybe, maybe not intentionally, uh, is that they direct their criticism, well, really the judgment of God's holy word, against idolatry and against the idols that we set up, right? And gets get quite personal sometimes, right? What injustice have your fathers found in me that they have gone far from me and have followed idols and have become idolaters, right? Even prophesying by Baal, he says. Yeah. Um, and so that, that sort of preaching uh, doesn't fly well for a lot of people. Um, they don't like being made uncomfortable, having their false gods revealed to them. Um, but it's necessary, absolutely necessary, in order to see uh, what Christ has actually come to save, came to save you from. <laughs> it's not just from um, sin, as if just that's some kind of brokenness, um, but it's actually rebellion against God, right, in all its forms. And he brings that judgment on us. All right, and then our reading for catechesis, uh, continuation from the gospel according to St. Mark, now chapter, uh, still chapter 1, but now in verse 14. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, and believe the gospel. And as he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew his brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther from there, he saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, who were also in the boat mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went after him. And there it ends. All right. So one of the uh, elements that you'll see in Mark here, over right away here over the next few days, is how quickly things move, right? We went from the wilderness to the calling of the disciples in just a matter of a few verses. Um, that does make Mark's gospel more brief, um, but also gives it a sense of more like an action story almost, or an action movie. All right, when did Jesus come preaching in Galilee? It says here, after John was put in prison. All right, so we have a timeline here already that you can correspond to the other gospels. And what did he preach? The gospel of the kingdom of God. Um, now, what did what did Jesus say about this kingdom? Yeah, the time is fulfilled, completed, right? And the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, 
Remember what just happened yesterday. We had the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan by John, and then his temptation in the wilderness. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about the life of the baptized. Hmm? The Father had declared Jesus to be his beloved Son, the promised Son of David, and now he is at hand, right? He is present. Uh, what did Jesus call the people to do? Repent, right? turn away from your sin, and believe in the gospel. Uh, repentance is more than just turning, though. I mean, that's what it literally means, but it, it begins with knowledge of your sin and corruption. To be turned away from that, from your sin and corruption, through the preaching of the law and the gospel, to faith in Christ's word of forgiveness. By the way, repentance doesn't happen just by way of the law. It's not enough to simply diagnose your condition. That does not bear fruit of repentance. But actually, you have to know there is forgiveness. Without forgiveness, there is no turning away from sin, right? Because there's no point. It's just Jesus being the bearer of bad news, I suppose. All right. Uh, Who did Jesus see by the Sea of Galilee? We have Simon and Andrew, his brother, right? Um, Simon, of course, being Simon Peter. Uh, What were they doing? (laughs) What, What these sort of people do, right? They're fishermen, so they are casting a net into the sea. And then Jesus has those famous words for them, right? Taking one vocation uh, and turning it into another, right? Follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Yeah. Uh, what did they do immediately? And there's that word, immediately, that fast motion. They left their nets and followed them, or followed him. So, obviously, fishing for men still requires nets, but not those nets, not the nets that you would catch fish in the sea, a different sort of net, which we'll hear, of course. Uh, Whom did Jesus see next? Two more, their friends, I suppose, James and John, his brother, or at least acquaintances. They weren't fishing, but they were in the boat, mending their nets, mending their nets. And uh, what did they do when Jesus called them? Yeah, they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went after Jesus. All right. Meditation on this text. Jesus preached the gospel and then called the four disciples to leave the waters of the sea. So these four would be fishers of men by preaching the gospel to all creation and baptizing with water to make followers of Jesus. Though the kings of the earth imprison and kill his preachers, they will not stop the preaching of the gospel to all nations, or dam up the flow of the life-giving waters of baptism. By his word that created all things, Jesus now creates faith in the hearts of men, so that they follow him. The nets of men are in constant need of repair, but the net of the gospel of the kingdom does not tear or break, and continues to catch many fish and draw them into the boat of the church. Confess our catechism for this week, the second petition to the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come. What does this mean? The kingdom of God certainly comes by itself without our prayer, but we pray in this petition that it may come to us also. And how does God's kingdom come? God's kingdom comes when our Heavenly Father gives us his Holy Spirit, so that by his grace we believe his holy word and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. We pray. Heavenly Father, your kingdom comes to us wherever the gospel of Jesus is preached and his sacraments are administered. 
Through these gifts, you give us your Holy Spirit and create faith in our hearts. We give thanks to you for these gifts. We give thanks to you for the promise that Jesus will come again in glory on the last day to give us all the fullness of his kingdom. Forgive us for failing to pray for the coming of your kingdom. By your word and spirit, reign in our hearts and in the church. Through the promises of the gospel, continue to give us your Holy Spirit, so that by your grace we believe your holy word and lead godly lives here in time and forever after in eternity. All this we ask through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We pray on this Tuesday for deliverance against temptation and evil, for the addicted and despairing, for the tortured and oppressed, and for those struggling with sin. We pray in Thanksgiving with uh, Ed, who celebrates his birthday. Also with the households of our church, especially uh, James, Ryan, and Cassidy, Jeff and Julie, Brian, Ron and Sandra, and Paul. Continue to give thanks to God for the dedicated service of Nancy and Sandy. We pray for those who are ill, receiving treatment, or recovering, especially Tristan, Marcella, Jeremy, Kelsey, Amanda, John, Timothy, and Janice, Sandy and Ken, our homebound Bev, David, Roy, Willis and Janice, and Mickey. All the missions and mercy work of, of the church, especially the work of Safe Harbor. We ask for a preservation and increase of hope and the blessing of our Lord upon our sister congregations. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray the collect for this week. Let your merciful ears, O Lord, be open to the prayers of your humble servants, and that they may obtain their petitions. Make them to ask such things as shall please you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Today is also a commemoration. It is for uh, Joanna, Mary, and Salome, the Myrrh-bearers. The Myrrh-bearers, right? On this August 3rd, every year. Known in some traditions as the faithful women, the visit of these three persons and other women to the tomb of Jesus on the first Easter morning is noted in the Gospel records of Matthew, Matthew 28.1, Mark, Mark 16.1, and Luke, Luke 24.10. Joanna was the wife of Cusa, a steward in Herod's household, Luke 8.3. Mary, the mother of James, the son of Alphaeus, was another of the women who faithfully provided um, care for Jesus and his disciples from the time of his Galilean ministry through his burial after his crucifixion. Salome, the mother of the sons of Zebedee, Matthew twenty-seven fifty-six, joined with the women both at the cross and in the bringing of the spices to the garden tomb. These faithful women, both at the cross, um, these faithful women have been honored in the church through the centuries as examples of humble and devoted service to the Lord. It's interesting. Um, I think in the Eastern tradition, there's actually seven. So they name uh, the three that we know by name, and then they name, and they have four others um, and some traditions attached to them. Um, listen to uh, what Martin Chemnitz, the second Martin, um, a great, great confessor of the faith, has to say um, about these women who appeared at the tomb. Why was Christ's resurrection revealed to these women first? There are several answers. First, God was keeping his ancient custom of choosing what is foolish, undistinguished, and despised in the eyes of the world in order to put the strong and lofty to shame. These women were despised not only due to the weakness of their gender, but also because of Galilee, their homeland. 
But God exalts them by revealing to them the resurrection of his Son, which is an excellent article of our faith. Indeed, he even sends them to the apostles to share the message of Christ's resurrection with them so that they become, as the ancients say, like apostles to the apostles. Uh, Skipping ahead a bit. Third, in this way, God wanted to prevent the accusation of the Jews. The high priest lied, saying that Christ's disciples had stolen the body of their master. In order to prove the shamelessness and absurdity of this lie, it happened by God's marvelous providence that these women came to the grave before the apostles. Now, it is highly unlikely that these few women could have stolen the body from a grave guarded by soldiers and closed by a large stone. Maybe you hadn't thought of that. huh? It helps with the uh, authenticity of the account. A fourth, through the woman Eve, death came to all human beings. On account of this, Christ wanted his resurrection, which brings us righteousness and life to be told to others by women. At the fall of the first human being, these three worked together, the devil who deceived, the woman who proclaimed his talk further, and the man who ate and corrupted human nature. So also at Christ's resurrection, these three worked together, Christ who rose and redeemed the human nature, the angel who proclaimed the resurrection, and the women who carried the joyful message further. Now if Christ was pleased with the zeal of these women, which was yet bound together with significant weaknesses of faith, and did not let them come away from the tomb empty, how much less will he let those go away empty who in true faith seek him who rules at the right hand of the Father? All right. Let us pray. Mighty God, your crucified and buried Son did not remain in the tomb for long. Give us joy in the tasks set before us, that we might carry out faithful acts of service, as did Joanna, Mary, and Salome, offering to you the sweet perfume of our grateful hearts, so that we too may see the glory of your resurrection and proclaim the good news with unrestrained eagerness and fervor worked in us through our Lord Jesus Christ, who rose and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. We pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right. Let's sing our hymn for this week. Um, I think we've got time. It was a little bit shorter reading. We can sing the whole thing today.
One thing's needful, Lord, this treasure, teach me highly to regard. All else though it first gave pleasure, is a yoke that presses hard. Beneath it the heart is still fretting and striving, no true lasting happiness ever deriving. This one thing is needful, all others are vain. I count all but those that I Christ may obtain. <clears throat> Our memories, thoughts devoted, an eternal joy to find. As intent, each word she noted, at her Savior's feet recline. How kindled her heart, how devout was its feeling, while hearing the lessons that Christ was revealing. All earthly concerns she forgot for her work, and found her contentment in hearing his word. Wisdom's highest, noblest treasure, Jesus, is revealed in you. Let me find in you my pleasure, and my wayward will subdue. Humility there, and simplicity reigning, in paths of true wisdom, my steps ever training. If I learn from Jesus this knowledge divine, the blessing of heavenly wisdom is mine. Nothing have I, Christ, to offer, you alone my highest good. Nothing have I, Lord, to offer, but your in colored blood. Your death on the cross has death wholly defeated, and thereby my righteousness fully completed. Salvation's white raiments I there did obtain, and in them in glory with you I shall There's only four stanzas. Okay. Um, I see what happened. So stanza two is an optional stanza. That's only for um, the day when you hear the reading about um, St. Mary and her providing for Jesus, right? Mary and Martha. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, it's not usually one, two, three, four, five. It's one, two, three, four. And then you, I think you insert stanza um, on the occasion of that day. Let's see. Uh, I should have noticed that this morning, or yesterday, I should say. Stanza 2 may be reserved for occasions when Luke 10, 38-42 is read. <laughs> Alright, so uh, tomorrow maybe we'll be able to sing stanza 5. We'll see. Alright, so that concludes our congregation prayer.
for today, August 3rd, 2021. It's good to have you with us here uh, today. And uh, pray, I pray for blessings upon uh, the children as they continue in their vacation Bible school and our catechesis through um, the doctrine of holy baptism, doing it from the text of Scripture. Today, um, they'll learn about Naaman the Syrian and his quote-unquote baptism in the River Jordan uh, by Elijah. Uh, Elijah? Yeah, the prophet. All right, so uh, Lord be with you all. Keep you safe. We'll see you again tomorrow.